yet another week, yet another episode. Welcome to Faces of Silver, the podcast. I am Ben Winkler, photographer, connoisseur of life, and hopefully lifelong curious being. Each week, we are trying to bring you an interesting guest with uh, inspire an inspiring message and a nugget of wisdom or something to ponder over for the coming week. So I hope you uh, will join us again next week. Every week we are streaming uh, a new episode, Fridays, 10 a.m. Pacific uh, Standard Time. And with this, let's get started. In today's episode, I have the honor and joy to speak to Dr. Liz Philippos. She is professor of women's studies and global politics. And in this episode, we will be talking about self-value, uh, our second spring. Where do we go from here on life and joy after midlife? So uh, stay tuned. Let's see if we can bring her on. Hello. <laughs> Good morning, Dr. Liz. How are you this morning? I'm great. I'm <laughs> I could not be better. We are trying to do this today with a little bit of a different setting. A, I'm doing it in reverse. Normally, I sit on the West Coast. And everybody <laughs> else seems to be in the East Coast. Today, it's the other way around. You're West, I'm East. So thank yeah. you for being with us this early in the morning. And oh, sure. Instead of a studio, rather than being in a studio, I wanted to be outdoors. I needed to have some good energy. I'm sitting amongst big old trees in Central Park. As you can hear in the background, we have all these little critters. What are they, crickets or something? I don't know. So I hope this doesn't dis uh, disturb any of the listeners. Ah, how lovely. It sounds lovely. I have a gorgeous <laughs> setting. I'm not complaining. This is my <laughs> office for today. <laughs> what I wanted to talk to you about is today is to get your insight and your feel on issues that uh, that my demographic of women and mid uh, midlife and up who we photograph in the studio are faced with and voice oftentimes, which is uh, anything from invisibility, that stage in life, that there is guilt, that there's shame acceptance of a new chapter that we are not 20 anymore and we basically the main thing is being invisible what what is your your take on that on that stage in life and, and how women could approach or appreciate that chapter in in their lives from from a standpoint uh, coming from your work from your background what you do with mm -hmm. okay well um I mean, I'll first say that uh, part of my background has been in uh, feminist studies and women's studies that I taught for a long time and have studied, you know, since I was uh, 19 or something. So, um, so I get a lot of insight from feminism about the position of women in society. And when we talk about visibility, right, when we're talking about visibility and invisibility, you know, what becomes invisible are the characteristics of women that uh, patriarchal society values, which tend to be quite limited ideas about who we are. 
uh, they tend to be really uh, fixed on body, on physicality, on um, also on a certain kind of personality that uh, fits in to gender well, that fits into society as it's set up. And we just have to recognize that patriarchal society isn't set up for women to know their wholeness, right? To know themselves in the fullness of who and what they are, not just mind, not just body, but body, mind, spirit, soul, right? Yes. Um, And to know ourselves as creative agents beyond just the reproductive functions, you know, that our society, and I'll say that it limits men too, um, that gender puts us into these categories that are very limited and cut out a huge portion of who we could be and the spectrum, right, of possibilities. We don't get to experience them when we're hooked into a social order and wanting to fit in. So men and women both, I think, suffer from limited ideas, but women in particular, because they're reduced to body and reproduction and our value is seen to be there and not in very many other places, when we reach menopause or come out of the reproductive years, then it does become a question of value, but only if we're taking the social order as the, the marker of who we really are. Uh, we just have to glance at the landscape of amazing women uh, of all ages <laughs> um, yeah. creating and uh, contributing uh, far more than just a reproductive or a sexual function, right? To know that there's a, a lie embedded in those patriarchal limitations on women. So, you know, for, for women that I work with as um, students or as clients, you know, part of what we, we look at, the authentic voice, you know, part of what we try and get in touch with is, you know, our inner knowing of who we really are. Because I'll say that, that for most women, even though there is a demand to fit in and, you know, lots of women do their gender well or to the best of our ability, there's, there's tends to be a voice inside that knows that I am more than this, that always has known, you know, from the first time when we're told to be uh, limited, right, that there's a voice in us that has always known I am more than this and that's what we tap into is the voice inside that knows that and amplify that you know so that the fullness of what we came here to deliver uh, gets to be delivered all of us gets to show up you know and contribute we need all of us to show up yeah so what what really I, I think there is such a wealth of energy and knowledge and, and individuality that gets lost by by those limitations. If we are looking back, I always refer back to ancient times or, or for example, that book, The Red Tent, when women were sticking together and what it, it was a supportive, a sisterhood kind of um, society amongst women to lift each other up and support each other. And that's that you have a certain role and you'll kind of, if you're a long, young woman, you're looking up to the to the wise women and you go for for uh, advice like we did with our grandmothers and so on 
mm-hmm. we kind of lost that today. So how can we, how can we find that self value? How can we find our role, that individuality, and really flow into them and thrive in that, and not compare mm-hmm. with everybody else? I think the the big downfall is comparison. Like, what does everybody else do, and what does everybody else expect from us? Right, right. Well, and that, you know, I think this is where some kind of um, spiritual connection is really powerful. Um, and when I say spiritual, I don't mean anything to do with religion, uh, but uh, a kind of awareness that we come from life, that we come into this earth experience from the infinite, you know, from life, right? Uh, and that we're we're equipped with a transcendent nature. We're equipped with infinite possibilities. Um, that we come into that, you know, and that, and I think a crucial way to really connect to that part of us is through some kind of meditation that allows us to sit with ourselves to get beyond words and thoughts to get beyond. Um, the social expectations to get beyond the voices and the chatter that's happening in our heads to drop into uh, that place in us that is pure, pristine, clear, uh, authentic. It's the voice that's always been with us. Um, So, you know, somehow connecting to something deeper about us that doesn't have anything to do with what other people say. I think the, you know, the other thing to know kind of from a a spiritual perspective is that even though we all come from life, right, we come from the universal, uh, we are each unique and unprecedented, uh, that each of us is this expression of life that is unique to us. No one else can do it the way that we're doing it. No one else brings what we're bringing and if we're really anchored in that awareness, there's no basis of comparison, you know? There's no way to compare us to each other because we're unique expressions uh, of the infinite. And that too, I think there is a voice in us that knows that, right? That there's something inside of us that always knows that we are unique, incomparable, unprecedented. And I'm gonna go even as far to say that there's something inside of us that knows that we are loved beyond measure. So I think this is really, uh, for those listeners who are in a situation that I oftentimes hear that uh, they've, they've recently been betrayed or they have been left or divorced or whatever, mm-hmm. that finding that trust, that self-worth, how, how would they go about it? I mean, they, they, they feel they are at the bottom end and there's, there's just nothing left. So if we say, as you just mentioned, we are individual and nobody can do it and, and each one has power in that, mm-hmm. how can they, I don't know, accept that or, or really see it away, right. f- away from that, away from that uh, depression that they often fall into or that, that negative, all that negativity that is, that is attributed to it. I mean, maybe it might be the best thing that could happen to you if that chapter in your life is over if you are trying to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with you anymore and so on. So there's an upside to that, but when they're there, they don't see it. Right. So within your practice, what, what do you think about that? Right. Well, you know, I think it's important to 
one, really have compassion for ourselves and to be so kind uh, as we move through things that are so hurtful and challenging, right? To really take seriously the idea of um, self-compassion, I think is important. We have to really forgive ourselves. You know, I think that we hold a lot of things against us, a lot of resentments and things that we call failures. And um, we just, you know, we think of this earth life as earth school uh, and that we're moving through this existence, doing things we've never done before, right? Being people we've never been before in situations, you know, we open our hearts and try something is basically what we can do. And uh, I think we have to be very kind, you know, about the fact that every single thing we're doing is part of a learning, is part of an evolution. And it's not meant to be a harsh lesson, right? It's not a mean lesson. (laughs) It's an experience here that invites us to know more about ourselves. And so, you know, depression is energy. It's stuck energy. It's blocked energy. Anything that we experience like that, you know, that keeps us limited or stuck, right? It's blocked energy. And if we're just to see it all as energy, right, that energy is meant to move, that we can move with it and allow it to reveal something greater about ourselves. So like you say, you know, even if a relationship isn't right for me and that person isn't good to me, and good that it's over, right? Because it frees me up. If we're to see it that way for everything, right? Whether we call it a good relationship or a bad relationship, if we see it all as experiences that allow us to know more about ourselves and to express something greater about ourselves, we don't take those details as personally as we would, you know, uh, rather openings, right, to be more of who we really are. It's all just experience, painful as it can be at times. It's all just invitations and openings for us to know more. Mm-hmm. So with this, with this conditioning that we've been going through to this point in our lives and uh, what, uh, what we ought to be and what uh, as per society, what they expect us to be, how can we really reconnect with ourselves and, and explore and grow into this, into this next stage where everything is really, just above everything else is really love and find joy in, in everything yeah. we do and in ourselves? Yes, yeah. So, I mean, there's a few things. Um, I don't think it's a short answer, especially if we're just new to the idea that this is all illusion. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's really important for, for women to get a little bit educated about the way that gender operates and gendered expectations, the ways that they have operated in our lives so that we don't take it personally but see it as societal and see it as cultural that lets a little bit of the pressure off right to know that um, it's coming to us through a larger social order i think it's important to understand how how limited gendered ideas of men and women are how limiting they've been you know the patriarchal family was an idea in the victorian 
Europe at a time when survival was at stake. It's a survival mechanism uh, to keep women in the household and maintain the household as an economic unit and all the arrangements, right? Um, but we're not in that stage uh, at this moment. We don't need that arrangement to survive. Seven billion people on the planet will be okay. Um, I think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so we get to we get to free ourselves up a little bit by just educating ourselves on that gendered system and taking a distance from what isn't authentic and true to us, what does not resonate, what keeps us in narrow ideas about who we are. Um, I think it's important, too, to really hone our relationship with our intuition. And women are amazing because of the access that we have to our intuitive faculties, um, that to really cultivate that and to start trusting that as a framework of knowledge, not just moments where we get intuitive hits, but to cultivate it, to trust it, to believe it so that it becomes uh, our moment to moment guidance system through everything that we're moving through. It's like having your very best friend whispering in your ear only the good, right? That guides mm -hmm. you through things. Um, I think women ignore their intuition uh, very often in order to fit in. And there's some, something of courage that we have to be willing to risk stepping out of social expectations and truly being ourselves. I think that's also a gift of age and the so-called invisibility that we're talking about. That, you know, what's the risk of opting out if you're already um, deemed invisible? Opt out. <laughs> yep. I mean, I mean, for me, what, what, uh, what I always come back to is uh, masculine and feminine energy. When we are trying to, when women try to fit in so hard in this patriarchal society that they start competing with, with the masculine, whether that be in the, in the workplace or with their partner or whatever, where we just create this friction. You have all this access from empathy to intuition to whatever, and, and it gets suppressed. Yes. Uh, whereas, whereas in 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 uh, other cultures or native cultures, it was it was cultivated, or at least that's that's what my impression is. And how can we really tap into this? So I, I really enjoy this conversation. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, you know, I just want to say too, like about men too. I think it's a, you know, when women change, men have to change because we're so hooked into each other that there's a, just in a brilliant opportunity, a brilliant moment for redefining who we think we are and recasting our relationships far beyond those limited ideas of who we can be cultivating. So, mm -hmm. so with, with your work uh, pertaining to that, what do you suggest or what now, now maybe addressing the men in those relationships? Uh, we are just talking about women here, but... Uh, most women are married, have a partner. How can mm -hmm. their partner adapt to that transition, support that, um, understand it? I don't know. How does mm -hmm. communication need to change? What, what's your viewpoint on that? Yeah, I mean, everything has to change um, because our whole setup in, this, in a patriarchal society has been around those narrow ideas of men and women and masculinity and femininity. I think for men too, there is, um, 
an intuitive faculty. Um, there is a, a sense of knowingness that's been in them uh, since they got here uh, mm -hmm. that even though there's a lot of privileges, right, which masks, I think, um, the kind of the way that limited ideas work, I think men too can tap into that sense of authenticity within them and to know when it's clashing with those limited ideas, right? Um, and uh, men and women together, you know, because we have been freed up from so many demands of a survivalist society, as I was mentioning, that, that there's an opportunity to come together in new ways that for men to be open to the idea um, that there's more for them by changing their relationships with women than they think, right? That it's often mm -hmm. cast as a loss, a loss of masculinity or a loss of power. But there's uh, so much creativity to tap into. There's so much beauty to tap into. There's so much of an emotional life that men have not been granted right the uh, opportunity to fully explore yeah i think we I have mean, so much we have so much as men we are so much in that power trip uh, the way we've yes. been raised since little boys that we don't we are not even aware of another way or that that there is a dance of the masculine and feminine between between partners in a relationship let alone within our own energies that we both have masculine and feminine energy within right. us that we have from right. whatever to to whatever extent everybody is different so yes. how how do we make men understand that it's not about competition? It's not because we are set up for competition and, and uh, the ways our brains work, but that there's such an opportunity to grow with our partner and to develop and, and see, look at it authentically, openly, without having our ego involved. Um, how to what what possibilities and, and growth opportunities we have here in the relationship? So it's that it, that it doesn't mean. That we don't look at it in a negative way, like okay, things are finishing and it's or finishing and changing towards a downside because we're aging and and all that, but to see it rather as an opportunity. Yes, yeah, I think it it is a great opportunity, and if we're past uh, kind of the reproductive part of things, there's no there's no purpose to those gendered ideas of um, self, right? They don't serve anything except a social order that depends on it. So it is a, it is a, a recasting of things, um, recasting of why do we come together in relationship, right? Um, to really have that conversation uh, in relationships or why are we together? What is it that we're here on the planet to do, right? And to start to see our relationships as the opportunity to amplify love on the planet, not just personal love, but love, you know? Um, there's a, I think that I've heard a lot of different men, you know, in media and uh, various places talking about the, the fact that they are ready to have women lead, that they're prepared, you know, women take it. <laughs> because look at you know the mess that men have made or that masculine ideas of leadership or society have have made and i i think that women have a tremendous amount to offer if men in relationship with women are willing 
to go that way, are willing to be softened by women, are willing to um, explore their nurturing capacities, their emotional life structure, if they're willing to work with ego, and I think that's true for men and women, that um, we have put ego kind of as the leader of all of our affairs, when ego is much better in the service of something greater, right? Um, It's not a great leader. It's a very reactive, uh, also limited idea of what life is for. Um, So, you know, some kind of work around ego personality and a willingness, right, to put ego into the service of something greater. It's, it's when we start to do things like that and experience the power of our authentic voice and the power of our authentic feelings, when we get in touch with the soul knowing that's right here in the midst of us, like we won't go back. Uh, because now we're, we're in terrain that we haven't yet fully explored, but you can feel the excitement, the enthusiasm of this whole new way of relating to people, of relating to your own self, you know, as whole, right? Uh, all the parts get to be yeah. uh, expressed. All the parts get to be um, employed, contribute, you know, to society. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, a, it's a willingness, you know, because the, the openings are here. Society has changed. Uh, the terrain of sexuality and masculinity and femininity has uh, changed in ways that we're not going back. So let's catch up, you know, in consciousness and emotions. And, yeah. How we're operating. I mean, we, we have such an opportunity at this stage with all this turmoil and all that change globally that we're going through energetically in terms of, uh, of uh, that something has to change and we have to, to come to an understanding that the rigid masculine way just doesn't work anymore. Yes. I yes. would so appreciate that when men tap into that a bit more, into that dance of the feminine and masculine where they say, you know what, I don't need to necessarily understand it or be able to rationalize it and structure it like with my with my masculine side of the brain why how can we trust the process more how can we trust that opening and and those possibilities more by by allowing i think allowing is the big big word especially for for guys it's so hard to to let go of this control which which uh which takes shape in in form of understanding if we don't understand it then we then we are out of control and we hate that feeling we don't understand what that means whereas women go with their intuition and so on so how how can we start uh, to impact that on a rather instead of the global level how can we start to impact that on a level of relationship of family of our in immediate mm-hmm. universe as i call it yes yeah well you know i i, I often uh, have said to students right when i when we talk about changing the world the world we're talking about is our world of awareness yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when we change our when we change our perception when we change our awareness, when we expand our sense of what's possible, we get really in touch with um, the etheric bodies, the energy bodies, the fact that so much of 
life, more more of life is happening in the invisible. Yes. Uh, then we can actually see. You know, we we it's it's about really tapping into that bigger sense and bigger possibilities of who we are and and you know i think it's experiential okay so mm -hmm. we can talk spiritual principle and we can talk perceptual apparatus and etc but it's when you have the experience uh that it starts to become embodied and tap into then that inner knowing so in the first instance we have to be willing so i often you know suggest to to um clients that they just take it as an experiment okay i'm not asking you to believe in the invisible today but i'll ask you to walk as though it could be true and okay. uh you know have a, a day or two or a week of just seeing testing it out like a hypothesis right so mm -hmm. a, a spiritual teaching is that uh, love is all there is okay yes. So I don't, I don't, you don't need to believe that today, but put on the glasses of the scientist, right? As if. And, okay. As if, right? And test it out, right? Everywhere that you go, test it out, right? And see what is true. And of course, the truth will reveal itself, right? So you don't have to do much more than that. But receiving the truth, you know, by doing that kind of openness to seeing what is true uh, means that that you know, gets in you, right? It's much better than me telling you what to do is you, you go in the world and test it, right? Correct. Um, same thing about self-perception. So, you know, I would say to women, uh, you're more than your body, right? So test it out. Go into the world this week with that assumption. I am more than this, right? And let, let life reveal itself to you, you know? I like that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, we, we just have to be willing to take a step, one step uh, outside of our comfort zone and be a little bit uncomfortable and let that build on itself. We're, we're afraid of discomfort, uncertainty, um, being out of control. The, the idea of control is an illusion. We made that up. We don't really control life, right? We live life. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and life lives through us, and we as it's <laughs> as it happens to us, and as it is uh, set up energetically or for the universe. Good luck trying to figure it out and control it. And then we say right. it always comes up different. Well, you know, they say yes, go with the yes. flow. Yeah. Okay, go with the flow and go with the intuition and go with uh, the energy where it takes you. Trust your wisdom. Trust, I think, yeah, tr trust, um, trust and allowing is, is this big thing. Like if, if the societal norm says, okay, you don't trust what you don't see and you, you go by what your parents taught you and if they didn't know any better, how could mm -hmm. we ever evolve or grow? And as you said before, growth happens when, uh, when you're outside of your comfort zone. Nothing ever evolved in the comfort zone. Nothing is changing. It's a status quo that doesn't, that doesn't evolve. Yeah, our, I mean, our thoughts about it just keep revolving around the same loopy ideas. But, I mean, we, we're evolving anyways, whether we participate or not. It's just that life gets smoother, easier, happier, more joyful uh, when we get into the flow of it. We don't put up resistance, right? 
Um, it instead we uh, know life is for us. Life has always been for us, and uh, follow the intuition and guidance. It's always, always speaking to us and always whispering to us our good if we would just tune in. Tune in, and I say for guys, take off your padlock and just let the door open. You don't even need to open it. It's it's gonna come anyways. Just take that lock off that it's impossible and that you think you need to figure it out and be in control. Yeah. So yeah, for those... some of the most. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say some of the most beautiful men I know are the ones that allow themselves to be softened by women. <laughs> Being vulnerable is my big thing, where I say, okay, what does that mean? It means allowing, it means being raw, it means being, you know, broken down and yep. really, really owning your shit when it, when it comes up and somebody points it out, because most of the time ourselves we don't see it because we've become so good at covering it up throughout the decades. Yes, it, it means being truthful also, yeah. Ah, that's a new definition. <laughs> what does that mean from here on? It's, it's a learning curve. So mm. for those uh, for those people, do you work with, with clients one-on-one -on -one or how do you work with, uh, I understand you're teaching or you're, you're still a professor or are you, how do you work with people? How can they find you and how could you, they connect with you? Yes. Well, um, I, uh, you can go to my website, www.lizphilippos.com. P-H-I-L-I-P-O-S-E dot com and um, see on my website a number of things that I offer. Uh, I teach meditation in various yeah. locations and I also teach meditation in private sessions with people. Um, I also work as a spiritual counselor and that is one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Um, I work with people around the world uh, through so this, uh, technology. So, ah, so it doesn't uh -huh. have to be to be face to face, okay? No, but I do have an office in Los Angeles if people want to meet in person as well. But yeah, I meet online with a lot of people, and um, you know, I work with with people who are are at various stages of life. You know, seeking to expand, usually in transition. Usually, some transition is taking place, and they. They know that they want to be more than this. Um, I use uh, draw on spiritual principle and feminist mm -hmm. uh, awareness and my understanding of, of society and all that, you know, to guide people. So I want to um, I, also, I want to clarify here when you said when you say feminist. So do you work with both men and women in order for? Yes. Okay, just so that even yes. the men out there understand that we're not excluding them. Okay. Oh, no, no, not at all, not at all. In fact, you know, I'm discovering more and more, even though the first part of my professional life, I really have worked with women primarily. Um, in the last, uh, I would say, 10 years or so, I'm just experiencing kind of a, I don't know what it is, what I want to call it yet, but just a real heart opening mm -hmm. um, amongst men um, who who are coming, you know, to the limits of how good they can feel in, in those rigid ideas of what men, men are supposed to be. I'm just finding a new openness and a new availability uh, to expand. And so it's really beautiful, you know, it's beautiful in a different way because they've walked a different path. But 
I think, you know, when I say feminist, it's an awareness of how gender works mm-hmm. and an awareness of the way power works. And it impacts men and women differently, but it still impacts us. So, so yeah, so I'm open to that. Um, and um, I'm also just uh, creating a course uh, on, it's, it's on spiritual activism for people who Whoa, are interested wait. in... This is one big word. What does that mean? I like that. Spirit- what is that? Uh-huh. Um, so it's uh, bringing together spiritual teachings with political activism and some of the same premises, you know, and understanding that what we're moving through collectively is an evolutionary moment. Yeah. Um, understanding that life is always for us so somehow in the midst of this turmoil we need to be able to see the strands of good that are inviting us to be more um the crumbling of the old you know that has to happen for uh evolutionary movement to and also just shaping our awareness so we can take a step back you know as spiritual activists take a step back from the details of the day-to-day and see the patterns and the trends and the systems at work to also really hone a vision. You know, I think that a lot of people uh, are engaged in some kind of activism. They don't quite believe in the vision. They have a hope and a dream, but it's not a full belief in it. And so part of the training is to um, let go of anything that seems like cynicism uh, and to find some foundation of belief, you know, how can I really commit to this vision so that I think that commitment is the energy we need right now to shift society. So that's, um, uh, that course will be on my website, available on my website uh, shortly. So if people are interested, in this, if you subscribe to the website, you'll get all my news as things come out. Okay, and so you... You got mm-hmm. a newsletter there, or, and and people sign up, and you tell them about the course. Is this course going to be on a like a monthly subscription basis, or it's a, a front to end, or it's a, there's a certain period, or how how do you uh, how do you uh, deliver it? Yeah, so it's um it's going to be uh, the first one uh, that I offer will be. Um, not a monthly subscription, but it'll be, you know, three or five modules okay. that people will sign up for. It'll be a discreet training, so kind of an opening remark, probably. Um, and then I'll see, you know, I'm, I'm in development of a lot of different angles on that, so more will be coming. I also just want to mention that I have a, a radio show in Los Angeles. Yes, on KPFA. I was hoping I, you would bring that up. Yeah, which is called A Spiritual Guide to Politics um, that is on, uh, as I mentioned, KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, but it streams worldwide on kpfk.org. And it's also on SoundCloud. So if people go to A Spiritual Guide to Politics on soundcloud.com, you can hear uh, all the shows I've done so far. Mm -hmm. Um, This Sunday... I'll just mention for people is I'm talking with Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams, who's a Zen priest and uh, a master teacher. She's written the book Radical Dharma, um, co-authored it. And that's 
putting together spiritual principle with an uh, understanding of race, racism, white supremacy uh, towards liberation, towards a liberation of us all. She's a Buddhist, and but her teaching doesn't is not limited to Buddhism. In fact, she's speaking more in terms of oneness and universality. So that's Sunday, August 19th will, at 10 a.m. Will that be streamed? Uh, okay, that will be streamed live, so there's no recordings anywhere. So afterwards, for those who miss it? Yeah, it'll be um, on KPFK uh, live at 10 a.m. and then archived at kpfk.org. Actually, it's archived dot kpfk dot org so it'll be there for 60 days yeah okay so i have one more question for those who uh, haven't checked you out yet and have the same response that i had how the two words that you use in in your tag for your for your work and so on you you put spiritual and you put politics in the same sentence how does that Mm. work (laughs) i'm puzzled (laughs) well um i'll just i'll just say you know spiritual principle um that life is for us that we are made of love and we are here to love that our true nature is generosity that our true nature is peace like these are truth teachings that you can find in any religious tradition any spiritual tradition they're universal they're sacred values Correct. we br- we bring those sacred values Um, to our personal lives, we can find that our lives improve and that we have a better experience of this life when we know that it's for us and that we know that we're here to love, right? We have brilliant guideposts for that. When we bring it to collective life, right, we have the opportunity to revolutionize how we have set up society. Right now, we have set up our political systems are based on the idea that we are inherently separate, that we're separate from our good, that we're separate from each other, that we're separate from life, that we're here to fight and to struggle, that life is nasty, brutish, and short, you know, that we we operate and our whole social order is based on the idea that we are each against each other. That's where the competition comes from. So it's very, our very whole, cynical and very limited. Our whole economic system is based on greed and scarcity. Yeah. So, you know, that we can really, we have the opportunity to revolutionize the foundation of our society if we're to take the idea that we're spiritual beings here having a human experience, that we get to bring an expanded perspective to how we create society. We found it in love and we found it in unity. We found it in the idea that we're here to evolve and to grow and to contribute our gifts and talents to bring our creativity here. That is heaven to earth. You know, we start to take those things seriously. We change everything. So those are the kinds of conversations I have on my radio show is with people from various spiritual traditions. There's no dogma in the conversation. It is universal principles and sacred values. And how do we bring them to our day-to-day? And here, too, you know, it is, again, I would say, for changing the world, we're changing it from the inside out, that, you know, it's, it's, it's for us who seek to live in love and to create unity and to be inclusive 
and to break down barriers, to break down those barriers within our own selves, to work with our sense of separation that's within our own selves, our separation from good or from money or from whatever it is, right, from love, to work with that, to work with any prejudice or bigotry that has lodged in us, you know, that comes from growing up in divided societies, to work with the things we hold against women, the things that we hold against men, you know, that that's all in us, right, that we get to exorcise. And as we do that, we become the fit agents of this evolving society. Yeah. Oh, it's, I, I hear it's all about allowing and, and, uh, and evolving and letting the light in. When I first heard you mention the term feminist or feminism, I got like, uh, I wasn't crunching, but I wanted to see where this is going. And, and, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that this is all inclusive and you're looking at both sides of the coin. Yeah, so, feminism's about love, you know, for me. Beautiful. Yeah. I like that. Always has been. I yeah. like that. So for your radio show, you have this every Sunday at 10 a.m., is that correct? Actually, no, we're in the middle of fund drive, so the schedule is a little bit off. So. Okay. Um, I'm usually Wednesdays at two. Uh, and, and if that changes, do people find out about this uh, on your website or on the, the radio station's website? Where, where should they go to best, easiest? Yeah, you, uh, probably schedule changes uh, show up on, on kpfk.org. But, you know, if you miss it on this Sunday, check the archive and... Mm-hmm. Um, same with, um, like, this is a two-part conversation that I had with Reverend Angel. So the other part will be on Wednesday at 2. So just stay in tune with the radio station website. And if you don't catch it live, you will catch it on the archive or on SoundCloud. This just sounds like they're copying us because I would like to make this a two-part conversation because <laughs> I really ah. enjoy this. I hope our listeners do too. Uh, ah. One more, Once more to wrap up for those... Uh, oh, now it's getting windy. For those who are not, who have tuned in later, how can they find you? And uh, if you quickly want to recap about your course for those who haven't heard it yet. Okay. Yeah. So you can, you can go to my website, www.lizphilippose. That's L-I-Z-P-H-I-L-I-P-O-S-E dot com. And if you subscribe to my website, then you'll get all my news i send out newsletters Mm -hmm. on a regular basis to subscribers um i'm developing uh, a course which is uh, a spiritual activism i'm not quite sure what i'm going to call it yet but that'll be on my website soon it's an it's a online platform so worldwide anyone can take it and it's bringing together um spiritual principle with um political activism it's approaching the idea of politics through spiritual principles like life is for us that life is good that we are here to land love that we're made of love there's universal teachings or truth teachings to bring it to our collective well-being i should also say that you know i think about politics not just what government does but i think of it more broadly as as the participation in collective decision-making around our collective well-being. 
Mm-hmm. And so all of us can engage in politics by being involved with what is it that serves the collective well-being. And so I think I think I should also say that this course and everything that I teach is an awareness that everything we're doing here in the material world comes from consciousness and that it's a consciousness of scarcity and division that has brought us this political system over the last few hundred years that we shift consciousness and know that we're here to love and know that we're here to land oneness and to be creators in the fullness of who we are, right? Then we shift our political system. So that's some of the things that we'll look at and talk about and to, in that course. And to actively mm-hmm. partake. I like that. Excellent. Yes. So I'm really looking forward to when that course is coming out and to listening to next uh, Sunday's, well, next Sunday, it's already in two days, to your radio show. Yes. Yeah. And I would love to do a second part to this, if you're up for it. I'm so up for it. I would love it, Ben. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, this was fun. <laughs> and uh, let's see what we come up with for the next one. Thank you so much for okay. being on and for uh, being up uh, with us this early. Yes. Thank you so much, Ben, for having right. me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Yes. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Um, If you did, please join us again next Friday. We are transmitting every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, We'll bring you another interesting guest and uh, just nuggets for your week. Nuggets of wisdom, little snippets of uh, funny anecdotes and whatever we might come up with. Join us again next Friday, 10 o'clock, either on iTunes, on Anchor. On Google Play, there are so many platforms now. Uh, Basically, just do a search on Faces of Silver or go to my Facebook page and find us there. See you again next Friday.